The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8 and Comcast, channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable, channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel, 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin a glorious hour of fellowship of the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, we have the members of our church choir in the direction of Emilia Hahn to sing this thought-provoking song entitled, Where Could I Go But To The Lord? Oh, 
Your journey with Jesus begins with yourself and your faith walking towards him, believing that he is with you always in this life and that to come. Our church band under my direction will play this uplifting song titled, One Step at a Time. This morning is our soloist, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing, as he sings for us a comforting song entitled, Jesus is Walking With Me. An excerpt taken from the poem, Footprint states, during your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Jesus will never leave you, nor forsake you, viewers, when you call upon his name, Jesus.
once again, Officer Squire will sing this inspirational song entitled, We Believe.
of his time and talent to the Lord for the things he has done, is doing, and will continue to do for him is our instrumentalist, Trustee Associate Bass Evans Pro Sr. He will play on his guitar the stirring song entitled, Pass Me Not. This morning, we are blessed with the voices of the daughters of Judah as they sing for us this moving and solemn number entitled, Wonderful Peace. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Mrs. Marvely Garmany of Oahu, Hawaii. 
Your labor of love for the Lord will not go unrewarded or unnoticed. May Jesus continue to smile down upon you, Marvi, and pour about blessings pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday.
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 5503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sundays, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services held every Wednesday evening only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walton I. Tinloi in Hill, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotopato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Today, telecast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live, with violence and aggression in our so-called own backyards and such sordid events occurring as drive-by shootings in residential areas, public parks, and schools, resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terroristic calmings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to partake of today's teamy sermon entitled, The Man 
that God uses. Now, God said that David was a man after his own heart. We all know that David's life was not perfect, but we know that he loved God with all the fervor of his soul. He had one great ambition. He wanted to build a great temple for the Lord. He kept the dream alive in his heart down through the years. He was getting along in years, and he realized he did not have many days on the earth. God spoke to him and said, David, it is good that you have had a dream in your heart to build a house for me. But you have been a warrior, a man of blood. You will not build that temple, but your son Solomon will build it in your stead. We read in 1 Chronicles 29.1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender. And the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. And David said, Before I die, I want to make an offering for the building, so that the work will go on after I am dead. Read in the third verse, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of God, I have of my own proper good, of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Then David said to the people, Who then will consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? In other words, he meant, Who will join me in this offering? The people responded nobly, as we read in the ninth verse. Then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. David rejoiced and praised the Lord. Listen to David's prayer of praise, which I think is one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible. Reading from the 10th to the 13th verses, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatest in the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Thus we see that the king and his people gave of their substance with sincerity and singleness of heart and gave willingly and not of necessity. Consecration and joy are close companions. The word consecrate means to set apart for God's use and God's service. This is the highest step in a Christian's life. The first step is salvation. The religious world is all mixed up on the matter of salvation. Instead of looking into the Bible, the world looks to its own wisdom and knowledge. Some people say that all men are the children of God, which is true. But to be a child of God, one must be born again. Many say they don't need salvation. They do not need the experience of conversion. They say that it was not necessary for Christ to come and die upon a cross, since all of us are saved anyway. If such were the case, then this theory does away with all Bible truths. Some people say that we are saved by joining a church or going through some kind of religious ceremony. 
they make the church the savior. Yet the Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Some people say they are saved by good works. They think of salvation as a ladder and that every gift of good deed adds another rung to it. They help to climb this ladder to heaven. Read in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace is the love and kindness of God, our Savior, towards man. It does not concern the works of righteousness, which we have done. Now, what is involved in the matter of salvation? First, salvation indicates a lost condition. This is the condition of all men without Jesus Christ. Yes, fears, he that believeth not the Son is condemned already. You look at yourself in the mirror, TV viewers, and you say, you are terrific. There are many others worse than you. That may be true, but the fact still remains that without Jesus, one is yet eternally lost. Reading John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Salvation indicates a consciousness of that lost condition. This is what is meant by conviction. The sinner must realize that he is lost. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. No one is ever saved until he realizes that he is lost. No man is saved as long as he holds on to his sin. One must put his faith in Jesus as Savior. A man loves a woman. He believes that she is a fine woman and will make him a good wife, but she does not become his wife until he stands before the minister and received her as his wife. Yes, TV viewers, you can believe everything wonderful about Jesus, but you are not saved until you receive him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. In the city of Jericho, there lived a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a rich man. He earned his money by collecting taxes for the Roman government and keeping a large percent of it for himself. One day, Jesus came to the city. Zacchaeus had heard about the Savior and wanted to see him. Being too short to see Jesus above the heads of the crowd, he climbed a sycamore tree. And when Jesus came along, he stopped under the tree and invited Zacchaeus to come down. Zacchaeus came down and received Jesus gladly. Like Nicodemus, like Zacchaeus, we must come down from our pride to the level of Jesus. Read Luke 19, 8-10. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. By Mosaic law, five oxen had to be restored for one wrongly taken, and four sheep for one sheep. Zacchaeus is a tax gatherer for the Romans, was hated by the Jews, but he observed the Hebrew standard of rectitude. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
Yes, Zacchaeus turned from his sin by receiving Jesus as his Savior. The greatest experience in life is the experience of conversion. Yes, viewers, you come to realize that your sins have been forgiven. You realize that you are no longer a child of Satan, but a child of God. You realize that you are not on the road to hell, but you are on the road to a heavenly home. And how do you accomplish this? The answer is simple. Being born again, of course. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. For no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Nicodemus, a secret believer in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. He was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and probably of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the world did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But joy, happiness, and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. Thus, under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus and said, No man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus, and Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them today, Jesus would say, you're seeking for satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. Jesus said, as we read in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, viewers, you may see many wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all of their splendor, but you'll never see that land which is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you've been born again. Jesus said ye must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, 
and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. Listen to Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was praying in the upper room. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, she too received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Now, viewers, the second step upward is the step of separation. By separation, I mean that there are some places to which a Christian cannot go. There are some things which a Christian cannot do. Yes, viewers, if you are a Christian, then the world is looking at you and they need to see a difference in you. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The best witness to the world is the life we live, free from sin. A true born-again Christian has a position to maintain in order to win souls for Jesus. For he that winneth souls is a wise man. A trucking company had a certain sign on its gate. Every worker saw the sign as he entered. The sign bore the words, beyond this gate, you are the company. Therefore, the born again Christian, the words are beyond the doors of the church, you are the church. You are a representative and ambassador of Jesus Christ. Therefore, be careful how you live when you go out. It is not enough to go to church regularly and contribute your substance. Jesus ought to rule your everyday life and keep your feet on the right path. Paul tells us, as we read in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 17 to 18, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The underlying principle is that in a moral universe, it is impossible for God to fully bless and use His children who are in compromise or complicity with evil. The poet said the world is too much with us. Yes, and we are too much with the world. Doing what the world does, going where the world goes, and indulging in the same practices. Television viewers, if you are a child of God, then you must build a fence between the world and yourself. Once you are on the right side of that fence, don't judge others. Don't be critical of their lives. Don't think you are better than they are, but quietly and effectively take your stand by the side of Jesus. Live a sweet, wholesome, consecrated, happy, separated Christian life. The third upward step is the step of consecration. Read in Romans 12, 1 to 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I often think of the kind of life I would try to live if I were not a preacher. I would probably be a salesman. I know that I would pray and ask the Lord to help me in my sales. I would be honest with all whom I approached. I would try and set an example to my clients and win them to Jesus. I would be faithful to my church and give God his tithes and offerings and be involved in every phase of the work. Yes, I could be a prosperous salesman and still lead a life that was dedicated and consecrated to Christ. Every good talent that is effective in the outside world could be put to good use in the church. But someone told me once, I don't have any talent to use for God. One morning I was preaching and a baby in the church began to cry. The mother tried to quiet the baby, but it kept on crying. The saints around her became nervous and wondered why she wouldn't take the baby out. I stopped preaching and said, don't pay any attention to the baby. It does not bother me, but you are embarrassing the mother. Maybe she could not have come to church if she couldn't have bought the baby. Then I turned to the mother and said, have you been born again? And she said, no. I said to the congregation, there, she isn't a Christian, but she came to church to hear the gospel. All of a sudden, a dozen sisters rushed over to take the baby and carry it into another room. I said, this thing pleases God. A dozen people want to make it possible for one unsaved person to bear the gospel of the kingdom of God and be saved. I gave the invitation. The little mother was the first to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, surely, TV viewers, there is some little thing you can do for Jesus. Just dedicate yourself. Dedicate your talents to him and watch for an opportunity to use them. In consecration, there should be a dedication of time. Give thought to this strange paradox. In modern life, we have more time-saving devices than ever before, but less time for God. Make time for God, and he will make time for you. God is always on time. He's never too early or too slow, neither late or too fast. There should be a time to pray, time for the Bible and time for the church. No man ever became a great Christian by dropping to church once a year or once a month or favoring God with one hour of his time. The last step is a step of glorification. Retracing the steps that are salvation, then separation from the world, followed by dedication, and at the end of the way is glorification. A song goes thusly, he will give me grace and glory. Another song says, oh, that will be glory for me when by his grace I shall look on his face. That will be glory for me. Yes, Jesus promises to share his heavenly glory with all of those who put their trust in him. On the Isle of Patmos, God pulled back the curtains of eternity and showed John all the glories of heaven. Reading Revelation 21, 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The apostle Peter tells us that once God you once cleansed the earth from, earth from earth by water, he will cleanse it once more by fire. 
Sin will be destroyed by fire and the new earth will be simply melted and remade where sin will never enter. Verses 2 and 4, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepares a bride adorned for her husband, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We also read Revelation 22, 1-2, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on the either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve men of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This tree, which was kept from the man after he sinned, will now be given back to the redeemed. It is interesting to compare the book of Genesis and Revelation to see how many things and persons have their beginning in Genesis and their end of fulfillment in Revelation. This is just a brief description of the new paradise that God has prepared for those who will obey His commandments. Therefore, TV viewers, wouldn't you like to climb the steps with Jesus, one step at a time? Then at the end of the way, you will find that glory and joy of heaven for which you have been waiting for. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with this spirited number entitled, A New Name in Glory.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.